0: Hello, I'm John Kennedy and joining me for this episode of Take Notes are Mr. Dukes and Barney Artist to talk about how they wrote, recorded and produced the album, The Locket. Mr. Dukes is the electronic funk soul project of producer and Bombay Bicycle Club frontman Jack Steadman. Having been involved in music from a young age, at 15, Jack formed indie rock band Bombay Bicycle Club with friends from school. Their talent and proactive approach created a momentum that saw them go from winning the Battle of the Bands competition, the Road to V Festival, to putting out a series of EPs and releasing their much-celebrated debut album aged only 19. Produced by the legendary Jim Abyss, we had the joy of talking about it in Take Notes episode 23. Four further albums followed, each growing their reputation and all reaching the top 10 of the UK album charts. Between 2016 and 2019, the band took a break to focus on solo projects, and it was in this time that Jack concentrated his creative energy into what would become Mr. Duke's. Exploring his love of jazz and funk, the debut album titled God First was released in 2017 on Island Records, featuring guest appearances from Leanne the Le Havis, Dilla Soul, Leila Hathaway and many others. The latest record from Mr. Duke sees him continue his sample-centric journey, this time leaning more towards hip-hop and soul and working in close partnership with rapper, Barney Artist Barney Artist is a rapper from Forest Gate, East London. Barney's journey into rapping started at the age of 18 when friend and producer Alpha Mist began making beats and looking for collaborators. Delving further, he began to develop his own style of storytelling, blending influences from rap legends such as A Tribe Called Quest and The Roots with sounds from UK artists including Kano and Ghost Poet. In 2014, he released his debut album Bespoke, which was praised for its soulful melodic take on hip-hop. Since then, Barney has released three further albums, the second of which, Home is Where the Art Is, earned him a nomination at the 2019 AIM Independent Music Awards and took him on a sold-out headline tour across the UK. With work alongside artists including Tom Misch, Jordan Rakai and George the Poet bringing a new spin to his style, Barney's latest collaboration sees him team up with Mr Duke's for their album The Locket. His aptitude for fusing 90s hip-hop and joyful authentic lyrics, making him the perfect partner to Jack's soulful production. Today, I join Jack and Barney in their Tottenham studio, and what better way to start our conversation than by hearing something from the record. This is Check The Pulse.
1: Yeah we, yeah, we back, yeah, we back, yo. yeah, we back, back, yo Kick around from the drum This glass I'm finding live from the song This man I'm finding vibes with me on Okay, yeah, we on, okay, that's the one Drilling the bars, filling the lyric When I'm spitting this fast, the minutes You me that one, I get far Killing every rhythm with heart My repertoire is very advanced So I like a Game Boy is it's the Game Boy shit Sliverin' snakes wanna get into your business, wanna get into your brain But we treat them the same So we point to the door, say get out the way Bad vibes coming say get yeah, not today Damn man a vibe you on the wave
2: it
0: is "Check the Pulse" by Mr. Dukes and Barney Artist, and I'm very pleased to say that I'm sat in the studio that that was created in with Mr. Dukes and Barney Artist, Jack Stedman, and Barney Artist. <laughs> I'm
2: not sure the, the pseudonym there, if there is one. I mean, yeah, no, it's very. I've got a very rubbish rap name. I need to get choose a better one. <laughs> I like Mark- it though Markovius This <laughs> is a great name cheers appreciate it thanks for coming John
0: oh a pleasure it's exciting and of course that's taken from the album The Locket that you released recently um, and I can't believe they were in a room
2: that it was made in just here yeah I mean we have a huge like stadium room it's very big this room, <laughs> I mean isn't? if
3: we really wanted to sum up the album process we'd probably be in the pub down
2: the road R- pretty much years. yeah we're probably there more way more than we were in this room right. definitely 100% it's quite a
0: small room it's in Tottenham uh, and you have your pub just around the corner. I like that idea, too. You've got everything kind of within short walking distance. We're very lazy. Priorities extremely sorted. lazy. That is exactly what that means. <laughs> because it's interesting, <laughs> because in my mind, from um, talking to you before, Jack, about this, that this whole album has grown out of a friendship. And it's almost like you were drinking buddies first, musicians together second. Yeah. But that friendship did grow out of working together on the first Mr. Duke's album, God First, from 2017, yeah. which is quite a few years ago now.
3: It's funny, that never happens to me when you just meet someone for the first time in a studio and then become
2: really good friends. I know, but it's weird, isn't it? I guess it's just how lovable Barney is. Well, that is very <laughs> sweet. That is extremely sweet. I paid him to say that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it was kind of random how we kind of happened. So I was working in retail at the time. So I was working in retail for like 10 years. And um, basically, uh, his old A&R, who I kind of mutually know, kind of reached out and was like, Oh, a guy called Jack Stedman, he would love for you to kind of do a, a verse on this song for, on his new album he's from a band called bombay bicycle club so i had no clue what a bombay bicycle club was but i went and looked at those views on youtube and i was like i'm gonna be there in a flat <laughs> 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 and yeah like we met and like i think you were just at the tail end of the god first kind of process wasn't you so it was great but it was kind of fleeting every person who was meeting for that record it was kind of like in and out wasn't it and then we kind of hit off immediately and became really really good friends
3: yeah, it was definitely a record where, and, you know, I loved this about it, how eclectic the guests were and they were from all parts of the world. But it was nice at the end of that to actually meet with someone who lived, you know, comparatively just down the road and that you could keep in touch with. And, you know, I had some great experience meeting, you know, BJ the Chicago kid and all these other people, but I'm not very good at long distance relationships. So, it never, you know, you don't really keep in touch. Whereas we, I think, you know, like a month later, we're hanging out. Yeah.
2: A lot of drinking, gr- good drinking, but <laughs> well, a lot of drinking. Going to the pub, having food. We're we'll going to each other's houses, like watching documentaries, like just real, just chilling, friends stuff. Yeah, um, that's for a great couple, for a couple of years. And still. and was yeah.
0: music at the centre of that, or, or do you support the same football team?
2: What what was the score? We bet we don't. Um, <laughs> it was but, more like movies. Yeah, it was movies. I watched The Matrix for the first time with Jack, which is really late, right? right. I hadn't seen it i was outraged <laughs> he was like what what <laughs> Like, ran back to like the studio and just like put it on Um, so that was kind of that thing yeah so like a lot of movies a lot of
3: but just a lot i mean I, I felt like every time i saw barney i walked away learning quite a lot it was one of those friendships where we would talk a lot yeah about stuff that was happening and what was going on and mm. it's kind of like therapy really
2: i think for both of us because we are like down the road but quite different walks of life do you know what i'm saying and so I think that's such an important thing to communicate with friends and learn from having different types of friends, and so we both kind of stepped away, like learning quite a lot mm. for a few years, and then we decided to start working.
0: Together. One day we were like, "Oh yeah, we should make. Oh
2: yeah,
1: make we're it, musicians. Make a, we make oh a yeah, a that would be good. That would yeah. be a good
0: idea." I mean, and it seems amazing that that was such a kind of random thought. That it's like, hang on a minute, we, you know, we could actually be doing something constructive here <laughs> instead of just drinking our last. Hey, hey,
2: hey, drinking was very constructive. <laughs> um, no, it was what maybe twenty. The first two songs we kind of made. 2018 2018 yeah Um, and then somebody decided to make a take that reunion i don't know who that was and (laughs) you know just decided to bring the band back together (laughs) so i didn't see him for a couple years
3: oh we had like a really like awkward sit down where i I, like took barney out for lunch and i was like barney i got some news and i felt really bad because we were kind of about to make loads of music together it was like a breakup mate, so I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be busy for a while.
2: I'm with my main wife. I was like, no! <laughs> yeah. um, you said you weren't going back to Yeah, yeah I thought yeah. you loved me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and so then obviously they came back and obviously absolutely smashed it. And then uh, the lockdown happened. They were supposed to be doing like festivals and stuff, and obviously that kind of got wiped out. And we were just like, oh, we should. Pr- if there was a t- any time to do this, yeah. it should be now. And then we made a social bubble, and then the album kind of happened from then. Fantastic.
0: So we're going to look at three songs from the album, and the first one we're going to look at is the locket, which is the title track and the opening track on the album. Where does this come in the evolution of the record? Then
3: I've just realised. Sorry to interrupt. Should we start with the song that we did first that we've just talked about? Because the one, the first song we made is two years before the album, yeah, 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 um, in two thousand eighteen, and that's one of the ones we've chosen. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a great idea. Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, cool. So we're in the pub. He's like. We should do that music thing and i was like okay cool he was like oh i've been making beats and i was like oh Oh, god when when anybody says i've been making beats to a rapper right (laughs) oh no it's gonna sound like a microwave and like saucepans like banging (laughs) together no just like random guitars i'm like no and so he went to the studio and shout out to my friend rick david at pink bird so he went to the studio for the first time and he i was like he's like i'm gonna play some beats then and i was like oh no and he pressed the space bar button and the first thing he played was blowing steam Wow. And that was literally it. Amazing. Should we hear the mastered version of it? Yeah. And, and
0: then we'll unravel
4: it. no, <laughs> no,
1: Yeah, we vibe with it Open your mind with it Hoping your people understand And they find spirit Remember people asking me If I would write lyrics Oh well Most will fail With the mic in it might kill it Barney with the hat finish Never shy with it No else See your brother Come and shine with it Oh hell If they wanna come and try Rip it coattails I ain't even gonna lie with it When I'm on the mic killing Gonna have to find minutes I've been going high with it Yeah I'm gonna So
0: Jack plays you the beat Barney And you yeah. think Oh hang on a minute
2: I was confused I was like Oh my god he has a ghost producer. Um, <laughs> no, like immediately it was quite, and I think this is always a good indicator, you know, I've been rapping for quite a while and it's a great indication when somebody plays you a beat and immediately the flow and mm-hmm. the words come to you. And it was pretty much, you know. He went straight onto your yeah, notes and yeah, started writing to immediately. It, immediately yeah. yeah, it was like straight away. And the, the song was pretty much formed in like a couple hours. Um,
3: That first verse you hear is there at Pinkbird on that day. Uh You're doing that for the first
2: time. Yeah, we did both verses that day. So both verses was written in that day. And I I don't know what came over me, but I think the which I have now learned because Jack taught me a a very special musical word, guys. Dissonance. Mm. Wow, look at that. Aren't I smart? (laughs) (laughs) Dissonance. Yeah, yeah. Right there we are. just double check. Um, (laughs) But it makes you feel something. It's like a real interesting clash of the tones and the melodies. And so I was just like, I need to ride this. I can't stop it. And it really reminded me of like some of my favorite hip hop, which is like A Tribe Called Quest and early Busta Rhymes. And it kind of reminded me of like Scenario where Busta Rhymes just has all the charisma. And I was like, well, I need to flex a little bit. It's a bit of a rapper flexy kind of song. And so, yeah, kinda, that's how it kind of flowed out.
3: It's funny because I was just about to say how it was like the first couple of takes that we got from you that was the final one and mm-hmm. I looked at my computer and it says take 86. <laughs> <laughs> but that is just a formality with me mixing it. It's not actually, it's
0: not, it wasn't. Oh,
4: that's no. just when
3: I've come to mix the track, I've
2: rebounded. Yes, thank you, Jack. <laughs> Jeez.
0: So in terms of the music that you played to Barney that day, you know the, the beat, how finished was this beat? Did it have that humming in it? It had the humming. Yeah,
3: yeah it was pretty much there the only thing we added to it was um chuck dj chucks scratching right. otherwise it was a pretty formed beat
0: yeah yeah which is a, a fantastic element of this whole album i love dj Chuck's scratching and, yeah and you know it seems to complete that sound picture that you referred to in a way barney to, mm. to that tribe called quest kind of era of hip-hop yeah. and then suddenly to have scratching which we don't seem to be hearing enough yeah. of these yeah. days um, but then like all things you 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 hear too much of it, and then you don't want it. And that's why it disappeared for a while. It was just like
2: saxophone. It had too much, and now, now it's back, no and everybody's thing. happy with the sax. No so- such thing as too, too much. Saxophone. Never, yeah, <laughs> never. No, Chucks, I think one thing is, like Chucks is a massive part of the album. And even like us doing live shows, he's been my, one of my best friends for a very long time and been my DJ for a while, but he's just kind of coming to his own. Like He's just yeah. such an important cog. Sort of like, you know, how it was in the 80s and in the early 90s, which was, you know, the DJ had a name. It was important. And so yeah. like, if you look at Run DMC, you know, uh, Jam Master J and like that kind of stuff, it was really important for us to have that kind of centralised Thing in our group
3: i mean he plays a set before we go on that could just be like oh he could God, just carry yeah. on and
2: it would be a great show yeah yeah exactly it's
3: amazing i've yeah. never had that before yeah jack loves it Jack's i get like, oh so pumped God, before a show i'm
4: buzzing
2: yeah. hip-hop i'm like yes jack it's a rap show it's cool <laughs> yeah relax
0: <laughs> that's interesting you think that's standard and, <laughs> and i guess we expected a hip-hop show but at the same time it does elevate the mood it does lift
2: the crowd and get them in the right place yeah fairly. yeah we headlined a show like a couple days ago and yeah chuck's absolutely Killed it before the we first
3: killed. show we did uh, Latitude was hilarious because yeah. at first I was calming Barney down because you know it was a bit. I, I was definitely over at him. the time I was like, you know, you know, played lots of festivals <laughs> yeah, before. Let, like, me, let me, talk to, let me <laughs> talk to Barney, let me help him out. Come here, son. And mate. like five minutes later, when Chucks has been DJing, I'm a mess, and Barney's coming up to me <laughs> being like, You're all right, Jack, it's gonna be
4: fine. I'm like, I'm too excited. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It was brilliant,
1: yeah.
0: That's brilliant. So um, what are the ingredients then, Jack, that you had put together in your cooking pot yeah, so uh, I can, to play to Barney? I can play you the sample. This mm. is one of those ones where a lot of
3: the time when you make a track you don't remember anything about it and listening back you're like, why did I do that? And when I listen to the sample, I can't believe that I ever thought to sample it because it's an incredibly dissonant piece of music. that part's almost so lovely yeah a bit more classic yeah so what are we listening to who is that? so this is dancers inferno and the track is called badinage from 1975 and again, I can't remember how I found it. It wasn't, you know, some romantic old record shop in New Orleans or something.
0: Yeah, when you were it crate was, digging. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> it was like late at night. There probably. is a
0: record shop I passed on the way here. that. <laughs> anyway, it sells uh, <laughs> reggae and soul and stuff. Maybe I should have
3: just yeah, said it. Have lied. it, was yeah,
2: it was, yeah, it was from there. Yeah, yeah. It
3: was definitely the YouTube algorithm <laughs> handed to me on a plate late at night and I can't remember finding it. But it's a really interesting sound. And I think... If I play you what I've done, I've just basically taken that melody, which you can hear in there, but just altered it slightly. So so that's the first half of that is from the track and then to continue the melody, I've actually just reversed it. So it's, it plays once forwards and then it plays again in reverse. In reverse so it's like sort of putting the record anti-clockwise yeah and it makes a whole new melody which it's turned out against all odds to be quite catchy <laughs> when we play it live turns almost into like a football chant and everyone's
2: like a little bit of Jack died inside when it first happened. I always
3: have to hide my face when we're on stage and like look to the side because if people saw my face just the thought of this this sample and that track turning, turning into like not in like a me being a Like pretentious or anything. I just find it hilarious. I just start laughing.
2: I did say, I was like, when we're making it, I was like, people are going to yell this when we do live shows. And it was like, all right, Barnes. I was like, no, no, no. Trust me. And then, yeah, literally, it's like.
3: I don't know if he's still alive, but the guy, John Dancer, who's that's his record, Dancer's Inferno,
2: I'd love to track him down and send him a video of a group of people going, (laughs) Because ah, at the end of the set, so everyone's pretty drunk by then as well. Yeah. So it's like they, they're
0: singing that though as they walk out of the building. Oh yeah, that. It's, it's wicked. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's the original track also has that combination of brass and vocal. You no, know, that yeah. so they're kind of humming the tune as well as playing the tune, which you kind of then do. So
3: then, yeah, have, then there's a couple of tracks of me just following it along. Mm. Yeah. So can you um,
0: illustrate that now? Yeah, yeah, for sure.
4: So this is just me. <sighs> and
3: then the sample comes in. <sighs> it's just, yes, yeah, this soft thing that yeah. suddenly transformed into the most
0: laddish.
2: Wow. <laughs> it's amazing it's, welcome to the club Jack yeah. welcome to the club That's what I bring to the
0: table <laughs> yeah because I mean, as you say it's a gentle mm. um, sound you know and, and it's kind of soothing in a way mm. and it's interesting even on the original The Dance the Inferno that it changes. You know, they have this lovely bit at the beginning and then they go off mm, yeah. uh, into their jazz funk world or disco mm. world or whatever you want to describe it as.
3: Mm. Yeah, it's but, funny. I think the other bit does sound like a more classic sample almost. But, yeah. Kind of fun,
0: so yeah. then once you had that and you had this, so you, clearly it, it got you hooked, you know, that kind of melody mm. and you fell in love with it and decided to use it. And and it was is that kind of a random thing? It's just like you happen to have that shoved to you via YouTube and you think, oh, wait a minute. And just quickly record it and then fiddle about with it?
3: Yeah. So, a lot like uh, even when we met, it was everything happens very quickly. And for me, that's, I mean, I'm talking about when we did this song, mm. everything's so spontaneous. And it's the same with me doing the beat before I met Barney, Is I think when something's got something special about it and it's going to work really well, it's usually happening quickly and without much obstruction. And it's songs which I like labor over that sometimes don't end up being that great. And I think. It all just, you know, I found the sound probably like just by accident thought, oh, what happens if I reverse it? And then it sounded quite cool. And then I think I just started playing drums along to it and then singing. And then it was pretty much done in probably like an hour. Yeah. And then when I came to Barney, again, it was, you found it so easy to, to mm. write and it all just came yeah. quite naturally. 100%. And it, talking about this kind of stuff in interviews does has made me sort of think about how you write songs and how, when people say, how did you, write that for the for the really big songs it's Mm. it's almost always like i don't really know it just happened Mm. and i think that's almost the sign of a good song Mm -hmm. is when something it's almost something sort of magical happens
0: but choices and decisions do come into play i mean so you've got that lovely hook but then you want to put some drums to it what kind of drums are you going to play
3: yeah well that's i guess it was interesting they were saying how soft that is but it's become something very aggressive and Mm. i think that's coming from the drums because the beat when it comes in it does hit you quite hard. So the first thing I would have done is just gone into the little drum room and played this. So this is me actually playing. I think you can actually hear me humming though. <laughs> gently in <America. laughs> So that's actually playing on a kit. So you're yeah. not just using the box. You're, you, that's me yeah. playing on a kit. And gently humming away. And then, to beef it up, we've just got a kick and snare, I think. So So that's kind of the power of it. And then this, the real drums gives it kind of a skippiness. So that's with the real drums in it. And then I added some
2: upright bass. Very tribe. Very yeah. tribe. That's very yeah. tribe. Good mm. So, this wasn't in this studio. This was in Pink Bird's studio. Uh, no, so the beat was made in Jack's old studio. Right. When we oh, first yeah, yeah. met, that was where the beat was made. The vocals were done at Pink Birch. Studios.
0: Right. Okay. So this is your your old studio also in Tottenham or, or? Yeah, 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 just down yeah. the road, yeah. Right. Because I'm looking around for a bass guitar or a double bass yeah, I and so I don't <laughs> see uh, either of those. Uh, exposed, I don't see a drum exposed, kit. Exposed. <laughs> I
3: was just about to say, yeah. So I think back then I definitely played a lot more instruments. And actually my manager was here the other day and he was like we were coming up with an idea for a song He was like, "Oh yeah, why don't you just put it down on the drums?" And instead of just like moving a few feet over to play the kit I just stayed where I was and sampled. Like <laughs> <laughs> I sampled a drum cover of a Yeah 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 song on YouTube with some like eighteen-year-old spotty kid like playing the drums. I was like, Yeah, I'll just take that. Like spent five minutes cutting it up into the thing I wanted. My manager was like, Had his head in his hands. You know, You've paid for a drum kit and some microphones. Just get up and
2: play. And what made him more angry was that it sounded really good. That's what <laughs> gets him really Yeah, more... and then at the end he was like
3: you can get away with it which is why I'm so angry but I do just love manipulating sounds now more than I don't know if it's a healthy combination of laziness and finding just finding that a lot of the time you make something more unique if you manipulate something else and steal it and Mm. change it it has this sort of edge to it and this character to it rather than when you just play it into expensive equipment and it sounds pristine it sounds beautiful nowadays I think people are seeking things that are twisted and warped and, Mm. and messed around with and that's a sound that
0: a lot of people like,
3: mm-hmm. and I do too.
0: Yeah, no, that's fascinating. So in a way, like now you've got this new studio and you've kind of streamlined it. I mean, we, there is a snare. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> a snare. Um, I just hit the snare. But I mean, there's not a hell of a lot of equipment in here. There's no. a keyboard. There's some compressor-type stuff. And, uh, <laughs> it <laughs> is, it's <laughs> just a lot of it's done on, yeah. you know, with YouTube. <laughs> and yet you are a multi-instrumentalist, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> but then, see, it's all
0: locked in your head. It's all there. Just waiting to be used.
4: It's a phase.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: are you uh, happy about this phase Barney do you think this is a constructive thing or?
2: um we've had many uh one of the songs we're going to do next was an argument we had to make the song because we ran out of money because Jack had been sampling so much so we had to make a song with no samples so that's <laughs> that yeah, right um, so even like we've been working on new music as well so like I've been like Jack no samples he's like
1: no but it's my creativity <laughs> Sample. Yeah, you like, don't nah, understand me nah, you don't get me man <laughs>
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, let's not sample. But it's really interesting the way that we work together. Mm. Um, Because I think one of the things is probably other than blowing steam, but a lot of the other songs, the relationship that we have in terms of production, obviously Jack focuses more on production, and I focus more on lyrics. But there is massive crossover, yeah. Where I will be like, oh let's move that over here. Let's put that over there." And the same way with my lyrics, I send over my lyrics to Jack, and we have them on the screen. It's kind of like a really annoying supply teacher, and he goes, mm, "Not sure about that word. <laughs> <Yeah. one." laughs> mm, let's make that one out." Um, but yeah, I think that's what's really amazing about our working relationship is that it's very collaborative, yeah, very collaborative,
0: and in a way, being able to focus on your strengths, you know, and Mm. the different things that you can bring Mm -hmm. to it Mm -hmm. in different ways, you know, which is really exciting. And so in a way, though, using the samples helped unlock this particular track. But the other thing is interesting because your reaction to it was Mm. instant. You started writing words, Barney. Yeah. But also what you're saying, Mm. because it's almost like, is that a message to self? But it's also a message to the world. Mm. You know, we all need to open our minds. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And were you saying to yourself, no? I can't judge Jack. I, I might have been drinking with him. I love him. And we love talking about various different things. But you no, know, any preconceptions I had musically about what he was going to play me, I have to throw out the window because I've got to open up my mind.
2: I mean, that was a very eloquent way of putting it. I'm going to definitely steal that. And I, I think it's, it's with rapping, the older I've kind of got, the more I appreciate the different facets of it and what you can do and how you can kind of connect with people. And so I think with this one, it was kind of like a mission statement. It's kind of like with intent. It's mm. like you know, open up your mind. And the lyrics are very that borderline of like braggadocious a little bit, but also very stern. I'm I'm saying you know this is we are you know I'm not joking when it comes to rapping. I take this very seriously, which I feel like my favorite MCs you know have always kind of done that. And you know I think one of the most important things about rapping is is understanding when to do certain things when to be super duper lyrical when to take it back and have space and i think this one was very much a i'm riding the beat like constantly like i'm not stopping like i just keep going and going and going and then we have that beautiful bliss moment when the chorus comes in which is the the melody and i think that's what's cool about the song is that it's me driving like really really fast and then we have that beautiful gap mm. where everyone can kind of like sing along and just have a good time whatever which gives me a breather and then I go straight back in again um and so yeah this one is like just a real hip-hop tune and some of the best things I love about emceeing which is you know being aggressive with it being playful with it having charisma and all that kind of stuff yeah, so, yeah
0: yeah but what you're saying is really interesting because and I'm reminded I was watching a documentary the other night and it was talking about the uh, one of the original Clashes or, or wars between two different people from New York. So you had Boogadown production, yes, and um, 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 Marley marley uh, yes, and yeah, MC sharp uh-huh. But that idea of Bragadocio, but the way that you're saying and what you're saying is yeah. really interesting because you know over the years, you know that's developed into something of like, hey, I've got this car, yeah. I've got this girl, yes, I'm incredible yeah. in the bed, yes, and this Which I stuff. am, John, We're, I'm so <laughs> incredible. I do not doubt that <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's interesting because those original MCs were talking about how good they were on the microphone. Yeah. Well, and, is, and in a way, that's why it doesn't get too over-egged, as it were. Well, people, that, people
2: th- will have to remember that the DJ was the start. The Mm. MC was there to compliment the DJ. It wasn't about the MC. The MC was basically to hype up the crowd. And then obviously it evolved over time. But I think there's something beautiful. It's funny, like last lockdown, like during the lockdown, I went back and I realized I'm a hip hop fan. But I didn't know too much about the late 80s, early 90s hip hop, like too much. So I went back and I listened to LL Cool J and um, Rakim, who's for me, one of the best MCs ever to ever Mm. do it. And just seeing the real incredible charisma and showmanship that they had i think really inspires me and i think people forget about that with hip-hop so yeah i think that's spot on like before it was the mc was there to be like the dj is amazing i think that's what we kind of harken back to on this track which is you know that like just rapping about lyrics like i'm sick i'm really good at rapping That was kind of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's good. And it's so refreshing to hear that again. You know, the combination of that with the music, which is so hooky Mm. and uplifting, as you say, Barney. You know, and, and in terms of the track what should we hear next in terms of the evolution? Because in many ways, it's quite simple. Or, I think, yeah, that's pretty much it. But there's mm. just DJ Chucks,
3: which yeah. was the final
0: yeah. sort of piece of the
3: puzzle.
2: Yeah. And um, But even the name, I think, we didn't have a name for the song for ages. It was called like Jukes versus Barney for ages. That was what, That's what we called yeah. it. And then yeah. I think Jack was like, oh, blowing steam. And um, blowing steam, what is it again, Jack? It's from...
3: Oh, it's like, well, blowing in the jazz sense is just a bunch of guys getting together without much... Pre planning and just, you know, soloing. Yeah. And and it kind of flexing, it's yeah. a similar thing. Yeah. And I think this song reminded us of that because it was just you kind of, all right, you've given me the track. It was almost you improvising how quickly you did it. Yeah. And then, you know, you pan away and Chucks comes in and yeah. he does his own thing. Yeah. And- I don't know what my flex is.
2: Gangster. You, like
3: you hum that so well. Did you
2: hear how he do-do-do? That was amazing. Um, but yeah, Chucks is a massive part of the song as well. Everybody hear some of his scratches.
3: It really sort of brings it back fully to that era, which I love wow. about his part.
0: mind. So. <laughs> so when did
3: chucks
2: do his stuff then quite later on quite later on yeah
3: it was when we were sort of finishing the record here yeah he'd come in i'd never you know i'd seen people on stage scratch but i'd never been up close to someone and um i was just in awe of what he was doing yeah from like a rhythmic perspective it's like you have to be almost like an incredible drummer to be a good dj or turntablist yeah the the sort of pocket that you get into Uh and and the choice you make you know which sort of beats to amplify and which to skip. It was like me watching someone do a drum solo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And in terms of what he's using there, the bits there where you say, oh, 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 yeah. is, is he actually scratching? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so he
3: got a recording of So yeah. we, yeah, we record Barney. He says, open up your mind. Yeah. And then we give it to Chuck's who's there on the sofa yeah. and he loads it in and it's just live and we just record mm. it. Yeah,
0: it's great. So these days he doesn't have to get it pressed on an acetate to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to be able to, he doesn't need a white label. <laughs> up, 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 you know. It's just like, get it on the computer. But, you
2: know, he's very, pu- he's, a, he's a purist, though. He's like vinyl. Mm. scratching that was very important he can't do cdjs that's like a rule right he's like no cdjs (sighs) so yeah what's his setup then barney so he He has he has two turntables mixer but he has like he uses serato doesn't that's something like that yeah Yeah. but he has like these like incredible (laughs) needles that are like bluetooth needles that are not actual needles you put them on the record and like they're like lasers they're like lasers and so like he can like there's no skipping or no jumping from the needle. So like what's really yeah. cool is that how it's the, you know, the essence of hip hop, like the old school stuff, but they kind of like improved the problems yeah. that you might have had well, back in the day.
3: I think that's interesting because that's kind of like when I was saying I, you can record things pristinely with loads of expensive equipment, but it's kind of interesting to take something else yeah. that's old and crusty. Is, you can sample anything and scratch it like we yeah. did, but I think there's something also really cool and romantic about like you said, when you, you couldn't do that so easily, you'd have to just use other records that yeah. you had lying around. Yeah. The choices that you made creatively would be very different. Yeah. And that's why you hear so many of other people's tracks on new yes. music yes. and little ad-libs from other music and, and acapellas. And yeah. The process and the equipment has defined that. And I always find that really interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah It's fascinating. Mm. Should we wrap up, play out the rest of the song yeah, or yeah, a little right. bit of the song? Yeah.
1: Okay, we vibe with it. Open your mind with it. Hoping your people understand then they find spirit. Remember, people, I want mean,
0: that to double me bass, bass is good though. Really yeah. good. <laughs> really, really good. Really. I think you're flexing on that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> the bass. For weeks, my bros
1: are well. When they're slow, when they're weak, I hold their else Now we clone in the streets to show the trail. Well, man, they want to try and flex with a G. I'm the next best if they want to step in the scene scene. What you want to bark a lot at the dogs. Don't play. Oh, you
2: know who we didn't shout. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Out, John, ah, Johnny, yes, Johnny Wooden on the trumpet.
3: He's about to come in, yeah. Yeah, we added a little bit of uh, trumpet on this as well, just to spice it up at the end. I'll solo it now, yeah, yeah.
2: So even in that, you're still sampling it. you still, still, still. I've like cut it up in reverse. It. I just couldn't keep my, <laughs> my hands off it. But yeah, I think the thing about this album is that everyone that kind of was on it, we knew personally. That was really important to us. And they're all kind of UK based as well. Johnny, I've known for a very long time. He plays from uh, one of my best friends, a guy called Alpha Mist. And he plays in his band. And so I've had a relationship with him for ages. And so that we were like, oh, we should get some trumpets. And I was like, oh, Johnny will be great. And then he came down and put, and put that down as well. So
0: That's really good. That's nice and uh yeah it's a good thing we mentioned him yes he might be listening to the podcast again like, nice. and
2: that's it that's pretty much <laughs> it <laughs> we're great we're, we're amazing yeah
0: <laughs> 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 but i think that's the interesting thing about the whole record is this combination of, of samples but also real instruments and using things that are around you as well you know all kind of go into For sure. the whole stew yeah, uh, yeah, For want yeah. of a better word. Uh, you know. yeah. um, so that was Blowing Steam, Open Up Your Mind. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a break, but yeah. which song should we look at the, next? The should we go to the locket then? Yeah, the intro, the yeah. yeah. The, the, the one that we made a false start on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This time we're going to give you the locket, definitely.
2: Yeah. Amazing.
0: You may have heard us talk about Tape It before, and if you haven't, then let me fill you in as they are the sponsor of today's episode with a fantastic offer for you. Tape It is an iPhone recording app made by musicians for musicians. Many of our guests on Tape Notes, music industry friends and listeners rely on voice notes to record their early ideas. People like the Lumineers, Ezra Collective and Fred Again have all shared recordings with us made on voice notes. But what you wouldn't have heard are the long pauses where they're searching for those recordings. We wouldn't want to put you through that. As you can understand, organising and finding the right notes, let alone a specific part, can be a nightmare. Tape It solves all of that voice memo chaos with intuitive labelling features, including automatic instrument detection, markers and collaborative mixtapes, meaning you can share band practices, organise set lists and brainstorm ideas with co-writers and band members. Plus, you can record straight from your lock screen and attach text and photo notes to each recording. Did you do it? Honestly, tape it is fantastic. All of the tape notes team members are complete converts, and excitingly, some of our guests have started to use it as well. So I really would recommend checking it out. So the next song we're going to look at with Mr. Jukes and Barney artist is the locket, the song we tried to look at. <laughs> but then we got the timeline right, yes, and sorted that out. Um, but the locket seems important because in you know title track, opening track on mm. the album, and again in a way even though like blowing steam open up your mind it's a kind of a dissertation or it sets out your stall you know mm-hmm. it's a kind of explanation or mm. you know a lot of things clearly mm-hmm. a lot of
3: words definitely yeah. no definitely it kind of it introduces what the whole record's about both yeah. in sonically and you know what
2: you're speaking about mm-hmm. which is 100 really important yeah i think we making the music was easy i think everything else was quite a difficult so like the name of the album we had a very the long. other
3: day we were going through our whatsapps <laughs> because uh, we kept texting each other like you know late at night when we were really high being like what do you think of this one man and just getting roasted <laughs> and it's so funny we're both like as guilty as each other oh, of yeah. real 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 clangers, bad as, real yeah, bad ones.
2: really bad you name. wake up the
3: next day you're like oh, yeah, oh that my good.
2: god yeah and it's funny because some things are really chilled about but some things are really stubborn on and so some of the discs because we we can take the mick out of each other some of the roasting that we did oh my god it's hilarious because we're just like not holding back it's like that is the worst name i've ever heard <laughs> well
3: i think my worst one was easel and brush
2: <laughs> but it was like who's easel and who's brush i said it sounded like a cbbc show like <laughs> <laughs> i had a really i remember my one my one was terrible i think i had the worst one. what was it we'll find it later oh yeah. Uh, yeah we'll find it later but like so basically when we kind of set upon the locket it was we're trying to figure out what what does this album mean? And I think because we kind of made the majority of it in lockdown, which was obviously really, really tough. So just to some backstory. So I had been working in retail for 10 years and I got made redundant in April last year. So I was literally got made redundant in April. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do with myself? Ah." And then we kind of, me and Jack kind of locked in. And so on one level, it was like musically that was really important and great, but just on a personal level to have somebody that's like, for me a genius like jack has been doing this for ages and is an incredible songwriter an incredible musician but also has trodden the path of a full-time musician for a very long time and so i think what happened with this record was just like you kind of can feel a friendship do you know what i'm saying really really blossoming in the brotherhood i think and a lot of love got poured into this record because it was really vulnerable um it was mm. Kind of started it in June, so there's a lot of stuff was happening, like Lives Matter stuff was happening, like a lot of conversations were happening. And we and him were just in this kind of bubble of just like just kind of a yep. no better word, juking it out. We were uh, like
3: dissecting what was happening around us just together. Like yeah, yeah, right, yeah, sitting here, you'd uh-huh. come in and before we'd I'd even turn the computer off, we didn't see just be like, you know, making sense of everything and just chatting yeah. for hours. Yeah. And
2: I think that's such an important thing, is that I wish people Got the opportunity to communicate with other people from different walks of life because I think that's where change happens. I think that's where friendships sure. are, are born. And London is very fast and speedy, and can be quite lonely at times because everyone kind of stays within their own bubbles. And what's great about this is that we're kind of like two worlds colliding, and we're literally a part of each other's families. Like, he's met my mum. and mum loves him. I've met his dad and mum, and they love me. And and I think. That's what's beautiful about the record. So the reason why the record's called The Locket is because we wanted to have something about, you know, it's about memories. And I think this album was made in such a dark time, but there's so much positivity and love. And so whenever we listen to this, it's always going to remind us of that time where mm-hmm. we kind of, you know, started this beautiful friendship like a locket would, and you put memories in that locket. And so this kind of title track kind of summarises that with it.
0: Yeah, for sure. yeah, beautifully. And um, so that thought came first before you started writing the words or did you play it was it another scenario of playing a beat and then i think you played finally it. being inspired
3: i think there was you've written a lot of it and then there was this last line yeah you hadn't finished it and yeah. I really, there's some gobbledygook yeah like the early demos where it's
2: like and he was worried he was like oh my what are you gonna do it that? was
3: such an important line because the music <laughs> stops and it drops out and then and then it all came perfectly into place yeah and you finished off what you were saying by sort of putting it on in, in a locket yeah. and then we were like oh it's yeah. a great title yeah fill a
2: locket with memories we protect and, and don't, don't forget, forget. Keep, keep it on it. your neck and the idea is yeah it's all good pouring memories and something but don't forget to keep it on you
0: yeah? fantastic let's hear the mastered version mm. and then explore the music further
1: yeah, ah, uh, familiar stands is what we reppin Smooth like silk on a wedding. Where is your present? Here it is, gifted bit wrapping Hoping you're feeling this. Living these whole sentences pure, building these pyramids. What's the Sphinx to some kings? Me and Jack are building these hymns, knowing you'll sing. Forget a gym, bars on my dumbbell still. Jack, bring those drums in still. Catch us if you can. Uh, sinking in this sand. Uh, listen if you're mad. Uh, come and meet your dad. son What's the family picture without the negatives? Related to every rhythm we make with all your relatives. I'm sending these bars to your spirit and soul. I always keep in control every time that I roll. I feel lucky with memories we protect. And don't forget, keep it on your neck.
0: Fantastic. And it is such a short track. Yeah. I mean, 1 minute 41 Yeah. sets out the album beautifully. But there's some rich stuff going on there musically, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... I th- a
3: great, great sample, one of my favourite records. <laughs> Wait you author, sampled on this. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Which I will play for you.
4: Where is the soul? Where is
2: the soul? I know where's a piece of property.
3: So what's this track? So it's Mike James Kirkland. Where Is The Soul Of A Man, the record's called Hang On In There. It's one of my favourite records of all time. Beautiful. And actually, all the things I was saying before, this is the one track of the album where I do have the record and sampled it
0: from a purist Look
2: point at of that, view. here
3: he is. At <laughs> least one, you've got to have one.
0: Because we should explain that um, before Bombay Bicycle Club took you down the world of guitars, yeah. um, that when you started making music and learning how to play instruments, jazz was your foundation. For you sure. Know, when you were at school, you were part of the jazz band, I think. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. And so you kind of got sidetracked by Bombay Bicycle Club by picking up the guitar and thinking, <laughs> oh, wow, loud noise. This is great. 100%. And I mean, not only jazz, but
3: sampling. Out of necessity, I think, because when I first was making music, there was a shared family computer at my parents' house, which we all you know, all the kids would have a limited amount of time on. And I wasn't exactly going to like <laughs> fill the room with guitars and keyboards and stuff. So yeah. I was just with a mouse and, and keyboard finding stuff from the hard drive that probably like my older sister had downloaded from (laughs) LimeWire and making songs from it. So I think from the very beginning, I've always just found my creative outlet in that sort of way of doing things. Mm.
0: And it hasn't obviously hasn't stopped. Yeah. And see, you didn't necessarily realize that, Barney, when you were thinking, oh, no, he's going to play me so (laughs) big." Yeah, yeah. And he's in his band. They kind of got guitars oh, and stuff. Oh, no, yeah. though no. I've been on YouTube like, I was learning like, oh, how to... Exactly.
2: Make hip-hop for make tutorial. Hip- <laughs> 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 like hip-hop the day for dummies. <laughs> got a session with Barney tomorrow. I've got to nail it. <laughs> oh, boom, boom. No, no. It's the wrong melody. Oh. Yeah, no. But then, yeah, obviously, as I realised <laughs> that this guy's... You might be more of a hip-hop purist than I am at times in terms of like, Jack has a, like a specific time period and a specific type of hip-hop mm. that he loves it has to hit you in the face. It's very aggressive in terms of hip hop that he loves. Cause like his favorite hip hop album is Mobb Deep, the infamous, right? And that's- well, Yeah, we were listening to that in the car the other day. And I was like, why are you so aggressive, Jack? <laughs> I was driving and I was like- I was like, what's happening? Proper. Me and Chuck were like, oh my God. If anyone
3: had that? seen us for that day, that was such a scene to behold. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Scott,
0: you got to put that in the video Oh yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah next yeah. video definitely Nodding
2: in the head Oh yeah. my god, yeah So it's funny because I think What's great about our relationship Is that we're putting each other onto music Because I was showing him newer stuff and newer artists that he hadn't so heard. much stuff and so that's really cool so yeah he's a hip-hop i guy.
3: mean after we'd make a track in here i'd have my sort of uh, weekly drill <laughs> lesson from barney yes. where we'd listen to like the latest digger d track and yeah. then go on genius.com and he'd be like so what does this one mean <laughs> like, like, what, what's he saying in this line because it is really it's actually quite it's incredibly complex
2: yeah and um uh-huh.
3: yeah i had a sort of whole masterclass. well there.
2: this is it and i think that's what's great about the album is that even though it sounds very reminiscent of you know 90s kind of golden era new york's based hip-hop it's really important to me that london yeah. is in there i think yeah. that's super important to me so i'll use words that are slang words in london so like man them or yeah. do you know what i'm saying like stuff like that just because i love when i hear early nas or kendrick lamar or whatever and hear them reference things that if you're from that specific place, you go, oh my God, he's mentioned that thing or that place. I love that because it takes you to another place. And Uh-oh. so obviously tribe is really important to us. And then was really important to us. But Kano was really, us was really important to us. And ghost poet was really important to us. And so it's that duality of we love this thing, but we're very, the tinges are very London based. That's yeah, important. To yeah, me.
0: which is what makes it so special i think you thank know it's you. not just finding an amazing sample and kind of riffing on that and you know creating a, a kind of great trip hop type drift off world yeah, yeah um you bring some reality and kind of uh root it in the now you know, it's, yeah, it's, thank you. You know i think that's that a really great combination that makes it so 2021 or whatever you know you want to describe it as but it keeps it alive brings it a yeah. life that it might not have otherwise for sure
3: yeah um, so it doesn't end up being just a throwback kind yeah of thing. that's the thing yeah. yeah
2: it's very difficult to kind of tread that line you know i think hip-hop uk hip-hop never really kind of got its shine back in the day i think it wasn't as unique as it could be because i mean we're trying to put american accents on and all that kind of stuff and so we kind of i'm really happy that we kind of found that balance where it's like it feels reminiscent but it's still hopefully new.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I did a an interview with Jack for the radio show I do yes, yeah, yeah. and I was referring it to the kind of second wave UK hip-hop from yeah. the kind of early noughties yeah. um, with people like Mark B and Blade. Yeah. And you mentioned Jest, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah fantastic. And, and it kind of, it, it reminds me of that a yeah. little bit in yeah. terms of how it feels, which is great yeah. because I think in some ways, you know, that helped create some foundations for what came next 100%. you know in terms of the way grime emerged and yeah. developed and and that kind of confidence that those people were able to build it on yeah. from kind of like well these guys were completely themselves yeah. you know, and we can be that too
2: 100 percent. and i think that's what's beautiful about seeing where hip-hop is now in the uk and there's outlets for kind of the alternative uh, uk hip-hop scene which are mm. which are thriving and and mm. you know i've got a few friends that are in it and i think that's really important to kind of have a crew Of people in a wave, I always feel like whenever there's a spotlight on someone, there's always like a light around them. And so for us being able to have uh, Kofi Stone or Alexa Moore on the album, which is great for us because we're fans of them in the first place, but hopefully put people that might not have heard of their music onto them and, you know, go and listen to their stuff.
0: Yeah, totally. So um, what's it like sampling something that you love so dearly? I mean, that's kind of tricky (laughs) because you're changing it.
3: It's not as bad as learning how to play something that you love. I always would like if it was a song I really loved, I wouldn't learn it on the guitar because you instantly, when you hear it, start visualizing the guitar strings or the piano. Mm-hmm. For the sampling, you you've kind of just manipulated it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of have to treat it with a bit more respect, I suppose. Like with this, I wanted the opening just to for you to hear it. Like I didn't want to chop it up too much. Mm-hmm. And then it's once Barney comes in, you obviously can't have two voices competing. So. Basically, I just tried to find within that small sample the spaces where he isn't actually singing and it's maybe just one note, so I can demonstrate that. Mm. Yeah, that would be great. This is the full sample. And then you loop it one more time. And just loop it there. So you're getting more of the brass, and just one note of him singing, there's actually no words in it, so Barney can rap over it. And then it
0: just changes chords kind of triumphantly. And you've got a bass line in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's not on the record. Uh, uh, Or is that you? That's
3: the record, and then I double it up here with the beat. Right. But I always find that interesting when I hear people sampling. I think Jay Diller did it really well, where he will find, in between words, these little gaps where he can sample and then rearrange it so that the the sample doesn't have the original vocals on it so mm. that an MC can come on it yeah. and I always loved that yeah and equally like you can manipulate samples sometimes there's a vocal track on just the left ear and there's nothing on the right and you, and you just sample the mono of the right and stuff like that it's it's super creative and and there's loads of like problem solving and just yeah creating something unique by having to overcome all these issues that you're trying to deal
0: with mm. 100% so then it's almost like unlocking the puzzle yeah you know, so you, yeah you know, you've got what you want to use how yeah. can i use it in such a way that also allows me to get barney on and develop it so it becomes something of ours you know? exactly hundred yeah i love that problem solving part of it
2: it's wicked but even the space like defining the space because rapping is so different to singing right mm. it's there's so many words coming at you and so it's really important to have space yeah to have a really lovely bed to be like okay that's your canvas paint and with this one. You know i'm rapping over this sample really for the first like yeah there's no beat there's no beat for like eight bars and then i literally reference like jack bring those drums in right yeah. and then it just thuds and yeah, i think yeah. i remember us being like jack take the beat out yeah like yeah, have, yeah. A, have silence before it comes in and then if you hear it there's like silence and then it punches you in the face which yeah. is good we've got to hear that now yeah sweet
1: me and Jack are building these hymns, knowing you'll sing. Forget a gym, bars on my dumbbell still. To hear, Jack bring no drums in still. Nothing. Catch us if you can. Uh, sinking in the sand. Uh, listen if you're mad. Uh, come and meet your dad. Son. And that beat, Jack. How did
0: you make that?
3: So, one of my favourite productions of all time is um "Touch the Sky," Kanye West, the flip of Curtis Mayfield, and the I just always thought the drums on that were so like the most powerful thing I'd ever heard. So I was kind of channeling that where it's just kind of relentless kind of kicks and I think this is just kick and snare because there's plenty of other stuff going on in the sample
2: they're really punching the face though they have to hit they're just
3: very hard sounding yeah. and then just supplemented the bass a bit and then Other than Chucks, again, the last thing we added was um, some brass. And this was my good friend Dan Berry, who um, plays with Bombay. He plays the sax, and he does this beautiful little thing.
2: So triumphant. It's kind of Um, sick. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: amazing uh, such a lot is done in such a short space of time in a way on yeah, that yeah, yeah
2: yeah i think the aim is to kind of make you want to want more like you mm. want to get into the album you're ready to get stuck in and i think totally. that's what that song kind of does pretty well is like you know we're saying things that uh, whatever i'm saying i think i speak about you know family what's a family picture without the negatives you know mm. that's for me it's like yeah we're in a dark time but you need negatives to make a picture mm. and i think that was really important to me is that even though things are tough you know, we're giving people, gearing them up, and then I think Jack then takes it away with, you know, putting the brass in there, and then and the scratch, and then the scratching yeah. comes in after that, and I think it's just very triumphant, very much like victory lap. Yeah, let's go for it.
0: Yeah, and then that goes into blowing steam. Yeah, and the race is on. Right, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Fantastic. Um, I think we'll have another blast of the master, and then we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with vibrate.
1: on your neck keep it on your neck
0: so we're back and the next one we're going to look at from The Locket by Mr. Dukes and Barney artist is Vibrate and we're going to hear a blast of the master courtesy of Jack right now
1: we let it vibrate we let it vibrate yeah yeah we let it vibrate we let it vibrate yeah uh I was looking for gold until my mind got stolen. Bars are swollen, here comes the omen. Seeing how they move, industry, politics, be careful what you do. They've been keeping what they stealing from the truth. Every time you move, they want you to lose. Ain't a game player, just a game slayer. My prayer's always been clear, I'm keeping some in the air. Moving like some stick-up kids, the mission's sick. Magicians, how they flip those tricks. Disappear in the So
0: much to pick up on there, I think a lot yeah. going on yeah both musically and, and lyrically um but you do set this lovely tone with your vibrate mm. reiteration yes. again and again but there's the horns in there i think there's all these different ingredients within this album that are both um a kind of signature and motifs that you use mm. throughout that come in in yeah. different ways yeah, now, both yeah. lyrically and also musically mm. no it's quite interesting so you know the brass is a key element your voice jack is a key element you know something that actually helps create some of the, the hooks, but also atmospheres somehow. No.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love records that are made with just a handful of elements. And it's easier with a band because you kind of, that there are your elements. But when you're just making music on a computer, it's it's one of the hardest things to do is to, you know, stop adding stuff. Mm. And the greatest sort of, you know, engineer mixing engineers and some of the greatest producers are the ones that have the discipline to, to mute loads of stuff. And mm. that's always, you know, my favorite kind of records, very minimal. Um, and this is just... This is all about getting as much as you can out of one sound. So actually the only element here is just this sound. That's it. And then you you put that on a keyboard and play it three different notes. So That's all one sound that's just been manipulated. What is that sound then? Can you reveal that? (laughs) Or is that? (laughs) It's called sample in brackets 40.
4: Wow. (laughs)
3: Deep. I think that's... (laughs) (laughs) That's me sort of downloading, you know, endless, endless, endless packs. And this one didn't even have any. It's just got like sample one, sample two, (laughs) sample three. One might be like a drum kit, one might be a laser beam sound. And this was
2: just one of the random sounds. Yeah, Um, but we should give context. So this was the last song we made for the album. And I think we said it earlier. So this was like one where we are like, we can't afford to clear samples, Jack. Please, please, Jack, please just make a song. With samples, if you're gonna use a sample, use a sample pack.
3: Well, this is like one of the, you know, you'd used to buy like Producer Magazine, it would come with a free CD yeah. of like a 100 royalty free <laughs> samples for you to use now. And I'm sure this is something like that, which has just so. stayed on my computer.
2: Yeah, and so it was that this was like the last cog in the music. we like, when the album was kind of finishing up, we're like, we really want a song that kind of is a singly in your faith, real big hook. That kind of thing, and I think yeah, Jack kind of just was like, okay, uh, like in a half hour, okay, I'll make one, I'll make a beat, uh, uh, uh. and then he sent me this at like half eleven, yeah, and it was kind of that. So, yeah. yeah,
0: how much of the beat did you send him?
3: I think it was just like a little snippet, yeah. And you did a verse, and then we came in together. Yeah. This is actually a beat, and I hope oh. that my manager and bandmates aren't listening to this, but I was on a writing trip for Bombay and it got very much distracted to started making beats. <laughs> we and win, so yes. This is like in this beautiful sort of like lock in Scotland where I'm meant to be playing acoustic guitar and getting inspired and I'm just like probably in the kitchen on my laptop making beats. Yeah. And I sent it to you straight away because I was really excited
2: about yeah. it. Yeah, and I got it. So my, yeah, it must be like midnight. I must have received it and yeah. I was like, yes, that's it. That's the one. And then, yeah, kind of the writing process for the album was quite interesting because it would usually be I get a beat from Jack or whatever, like a rough demo of it. And then I will go and I'll write at home and then I'll come with like a really crappy voice note of me rapping on this thing. And then I play it to Jack and he's like, "Okay, cool, that's the vibe. And then we then expound upon it afterwards. And so this was a kind of a similar thing. The minute I heard it, I was like, oh, that's the one, that's the song. So the song is about kind of like the music industry. Right, and, and, and kind of getting, you know, being careful of sharks and being shafted and that kind of stuff. The reason why I chose that topic, because one of my favourite songs is a song by A travel Quest called Check the Rhyme. And one of the lyrics that really stands out for me is rule 4080, record companies are shady. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, that is such a cool thing. To <laughs> be able to have something that everyone will sing but doesn't even realise necessarily what's happening. So I was like, imagine making a whole song that was like... A message to be like guys be careful but you don't even realize it's that kind of message and so yeah the whole track is kind of like be careful of of shady characters be careful of you know owning your your stuff and whatever and so yeah that's kind of what it is,
3: don't, I mean you do it really well because you're right that if you're singing along in the crowd you're not really yeah. you could just sing along and, and it could pass you by but yeah. when you really get into the nitty gritty of it it's got yeah. this hidden meaning you always said it was like hiding yeah. the medicine in the sweets.
2: yeah Jack thought I created that saying and I was <laughs> like and then he realised I didn't but yeah it was what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that's kind of like the idea, and yeah, I think I love when we do shows, especially, and people are just singing it out loud, and I'm like, oh yeah, the winds, they will never know. <laughs> <laughs> That'll, show. That'll show them. That'll show them. Um, but yeah, so basically, like, there's me rapping on it, and what was interesting with this one, we had a couple of disagreements on how I ended the verse because I think I'd written like maybe like a fourteen bar. So Jack uh, Stedman is a massive hip hop fan but he also is not a fan of lots of words at him at once. And he's big on space, which is something that I learned about massively on this album. And so I think I ended the verse by going, and he was like, no, we've got, oh, yeah. we've got to slow it down. We have to have a gap and it has to be the thing. And so we kind of just rat. I think most of the session was just kind of like figuring out how do we end this verse? And then, yeah, we kind of
3: it just goes back to that thing of how hard it is to mute stuff like you, the yeah. temptation is to be like I've got all this stuff that I need to get yeah. out but I think from a listener's point of view space is really important whether you're like soloing on a piano or doing a verse yeah
2: and so yeah I think what, what are we kind of stuck on yeah if you want to fish for the prize keep your eyes on the hook which I was yeah. very happy about yeah, that yeah, one yeah. because obviously you know double meanings there's a lot of space in this track yeah there's tons and then it kind of dips down into that kind of beautiful atmospheric the idea was that if you want to fish for the press, keep your eyes on the hook, i.e. the chorus, but also, you know, how they kind of hook you. If you're a fish in water, then it kind of dips down. It feels like you're going underwater a little yeah, bit in that, in yeah, that yeah. gap. It's obviously a play on it. And then the chorus is, you know.
3: And somehow we managed to write a chorus that is so hard to remember. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jack called me angrily, like, why did
3: you pull? It, it was the night before the video shoot. So obviously we have to lip sync. And I called Barney, I'm like, Barney, why did you make every word of every line different?
2: But he's complaining about that. I've got to learn like verses. He's like, oh my God, this chorus is so difficult. <laughs> like, and I, if, you don't, if you haven't seen the video, the video was... Um, so I have a phobia of roller coasters. And Jack thought it would be a great idea for the video to be at one Towers and uh, <laughs> oh, on a roller coaster. So I have to rap these lyrics on a roller coaster. Your first
3: time on a roller
2: coaster? Like, I hate them. So I don't have to only go on a roller coaster, I had to rap an entire verse, while one of your best mates is laughing at you, <laughs> loudly. Uh, well, I'm, so, I'm not sure if I see the positive in this. exactly. Quite this is now, thank you, John. This is actually a therapy session. Yeah, this is, uh, well, this man...
0: <laughs> the grand plan was for you to have uh,
3: your like your vengeance yeah. and it was going to be a two part thing. We just never got round to the second part. Oh Yeah, funny
2: enough, we didn't get round <laughs> to Jack's part where he goes to do something that he doesn't like. <laughs> but yeah, so the chorus is quite lyrically dense but we kind of fill it with the vibrate.
0: Yeah, well, we've got to hear that. I just want to check that you came out of this roller coaster ride and you'd faced your fear
2: and you came out. No, the I still site. hate them, still hate them. Right. Yeah, yeah, still but, hate, hate roller coasters. But you
0: faced it though and, and you did it. So. I mean,
2: I'm actually really impressed. I was on it for like, what, six times, five, six times I had to do the coaster. It roller was amazing.
3: Coaster. I was so impressed.
2: I was so angry at him. Like, but
3: no, John, I tried to do the positive spin like you just did, like, oh, yeah, like, you, you faced the fears. <laughs> and in the video, you can see me, I go, you're going to look back. And by. <laughs> shut up and like <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: elbows me in the
2: ribs because look i have both of them so chucks who's been scratching all over is also directed the video so he films it so i've got chuck and jack just both asking me you know you like lose something the worst thing you want to hear from somebody is like, "Where did you last put it?" Right? That's like the worst. So imagine you're doing your fear, like it's gonna be fine. It's not gonna be fine. I hate this. Stop it. Just think about. Shut up, Jack. I don't yeah. want to hear your positive spin on It's not the time. Whilst I'm like apologising to the staff, I'm like, "I'm really sorry, guys. You guys are great. I just hate these two people," <laughs> either side of me. So, yeah.
0: Wow, amazing. Yeah. So the chorus.
2: Yeah, but let's play, let's play the chorus. Yeah.
0: Let's get back to the music. Yeah. Get away from the nightmares. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Even if I wait, will it ever get filled? This is feeling fate, does it ever get real? We let it vibrate. Let it vibrate. Even if it's fate, will it ever get sealed? Even if it breaks, will it ever get held? Let it vibrate. We let it vibrate. Never lose your brain from all the fame drained by the games that they play. So don't delay, scroll the paint, solve the aims, bell, hold the wave. Ever seen a shark circulate the shore for bait? Never be done with these pedigree chums. Wanna be chums when their pedigree's done? Dun, da, done. Refund the love. free from the lungs. Scenes from the slums. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. There's a man filled when they watch.
3: I've just, stand just seen another Ooh. sample. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> yeah. god. So this one. <laughs> This one's called Various think. Final Samples in Brackets
2: three You've got to play that now. Oh my, oh my God. God. This is what I've got to deal this with, how the guys. Magic is this is made. what I've got to deal with. This is it. Actually sounds beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Actually kind of sounds like something that like Bombay would you use. Yeah. Mm. Probably recycle it. <laughs> the next album is just yeah. that. next Bombay album is just this sound.
3: So again, that's just probably one thing that you put on a keyboard and play three notes. Mm. But yeah, I think that the whole thing's like just getting as much as you can out of three chords. Um,
0: But at the same time, and as we just heard in that section, there are some other things going on. Yeah, um,
3: yeah, yeah. It's just adding little, little bits, like following it. And not only that, but I mean, pitch is a great way to create lots of variation out of one sound. So if it's like a second verse and you want it to drop down a bit... That's just being pitched down a whole octave and suddenly it becomes
0: like a bassy instrument. And that's all played on your keyboard. That's all on yeah, the keyboard. Yeah. And then just. Because it's interesting because it. it takes on a quality of, of a brass section there that is changing what they're doing. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, for sure. And I mean, when you change the pitch of a sound, it just suddenly just turns into a whole new thing, which is, again, like the most interesting thing about sampling. And you spoke about my favorite record, that Mob Deep album. All yeah. those samples, you can go on YouTube and, and I mean, Nutting out a bit here, but <laughs> all the samples—if you pitch them up—they're just normal jazz records, like piano. Mm. Someone playing the piano, someone playing the guitar. They sound really jolly. Yeah. And he's pitched them down so many times that it's like the darkest record that I've ever heard. Yeah. And all he's done is gone. <laughs> and it's just there. But you know, he made that artistic choice,
2: and he's—he's he's the genius for doing so because no one else did. Um, but yeah, I think this is like this second verse is like super dense with what I'm saying. Like that, basically, that first section. Where I'm kind of like, just like I'm like just letting the audience know it's quite serious, like which is funny because the rest of the song's quite yeah. jolly. But I'm literally kind of speaking to yeah. people.
0: Yeah, and yet the hook in the song is kind of jolly too. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sounds like yeah, vibrate. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah,
2: um, you wouldn't think. And yeah, I think it was really important for me because I think it's not really spoken about enough. You know the the gripes with industry stuff and you know that kind of element. And I was like, well, this is a time on the record that I can kind of hopefully give people a little insight onto just being careful.
0: But it's interesting also that, that communication between the two of you about words and about lyrics and how you're going to use them. Because in some ways, I mean, you would know this, Jack, as a lyricist for Bombay, mm. that maybe the other band members don't question what you're saying or sometimes, mm. you know, don't get involved. And then that can be an extra pressure at, yeah. in a way. Like It's nice having a sounding board or somebody will say, yeah. maybe your words would have more impact if mm-hmm. we kind of, took some of them away <laughs> <laughs>
4: 100, no, 100, but, no, but that's 100%, an
2: important point to make isn't it spot on and I think being able to be in a room with as I said like an incredible songwriter has made me grow so much as a writer and I think sometimes rappers don't get given credit as writers which is quite funny it's usually like oh they can yeah. rap really well yeah, but yeah. they don't speak about the writing element and I think I learned a lot from Jack but I think also Jack learned a lot about rapping and okay. how to find different Rhyme schemes and how I won't necessarily rhyme the last word, I might rhyme the third word and then keep that going. And you'll be like, why are you doing that? And then it makes yeah, sense yeah. when you look at the whole picture. And I mean that's some of my favorite rappers do that very well, whether it's Black Thought from the Roots, whether it's MF Doom does it a lot as well. It's not the conventional rhymes, Kendrick Lamar, it's not the conventional rhyme schemes. It, and everything.
3: It's something that doesn't sound like overly clever, but yeah. you can dive into it and nerd out about it, which yeah. is part that's like, the yeah. perfect harmony yeah. for me. It's like it exactly. doesn't sound too like, oh you know, I'm yeah. doing loads of crazy stuff. It yeah. should sound poppy and accessible. Yeah. But once you zoom in, it's you're like mind is blown. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's probably the
2: same thing with you and samples, it's probably the same thing with me and flows and rhyme schemes. That's the same thing. We kinda nerd out yeah, yeah. on both of those things.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And in a way, you know, that gives a rhyme longevity. Yeah. You know, sometimes when it's too straightforward yep then it's like, oh, well, and the next thing is going to be Cat. And then he sat on, you know, but you hear that sometimes. hundred percent, yeah. But just
2: in pop songs too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh,
0: maybe you should have tried a bit harder. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, it's it's like a puzzle, isn't it? It's like, how can you put something that's, because that's that's like the big single for us. And there is pop elements in this album. Um, Totally. Left field pop elements. That's really lovely because you can see how it resonates with people when they hear the songs and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's
0: wicked. Because, I mean, the instrumentation kind of grows as the song goes on. I mean, you're going to tell me that it's just shifting pitch a few times. (laughs) But, um, you know, like with all the songs, there's all these rich elements that are there, you know, that that run through the whole record. And in a way, you know, on the, well, maybe we'll get onto this in a minute, but... um, now, on the rest of the record, we have more Jack vocal. There's mm. a song with just a Jack vocal. No yeah. Barney. Outrageous. I know, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but, you know, that's an important thing. I think it kind of gives more space to the listening experience as you listen to the album as a whole. Yeah. yeah, I had to fight him on that, though. I had to fight
2: him. Because mm-hmm. like, that song, that song they speak about, and it's called All For You, but I had to fight him. I was like, Jack, you've got to sing on the album. Mm. And he's like, oh, uh, I don't want to. And then it was the best. I remember I was saying that I would send lyrics to Jack and we'd have him on the screen and he would be like, take that word out. That day was my favourite day ever because we, had, we wrote the song together. You so were, were the like, supplier teacher. I was the supplier teacher. I was like, mm, I'm not sure about the word the. Take out the word what. Uh. And yeah, and then we kind of made that song in that same capacity. So it was still the same format, but just reversed. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, that's so really interesting. And, and a change for you, Jack, to have that kind of input.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, with that kind of stuff, I think part of the success of Bombay has been that the other guys in the band are so honest with me, and, and yeah. in the same way that me and Barney are honest with each other, it's yeah. such an important part of making a record. Yeah. And I think a lot of great art comes from great editing, mm. because you can have this beautiful idea that came out of nowhere, mm. but you know sometimes it needs refining, and that's mm. where you've listened to it too many times to really know what to do, and so you play it to someone else, whether it's Barney or the band. Mm. and. Um, they have a fresh
2: idea also he's got a beautiful voice mm. I don't know it's here well it's not the most gangster rap thing to say uh <laughs> but his voice is like an angel's <laughs> and I think you know it's just a beautiful little palate cleanser in the album just to have like a little breath and like mm. whew, and then yeah he just kind of a little him. break from Barney yeah it's it. like oh finally he's shutting up oh god
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what else should we put the spotlight on within vibrate now I mean, there's A gobbledygook at the end. The various it. final samples, three five one, it's <laughs> kind of difficult to find.
2: Or well, the the singing sample at the end. Yeah,
3: so the one thing that was on the original sample, the yeah. demo that I sent you was I put this little hook in, yeah. which again is quite. I find I don't know. It's quite interesting to see what you guys think, but I think it's quite dissonant, but somehow works.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I was like, oh, are we gonna? Put words in this, and Jack was like, "No, yeah. it's like an instrument. If you hear it, yeah, yeah." What's funny is that I've got a message from people being like, "So, what is exactly what Jack's saying?" I'm, sc- I'm scatting. <laughs> he's scatting. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's scatting. <laughs>
3: I'm s- I snuck in a bit of scat, <laughs> scat singing into the song. What
2: a jazz man! There he is. We never We vibrate. vibrate.
1: vibrate, vibrate. vibrate, vibrate. vibrate.
0: Vibrate. That's just a super jazzy little. Little jazzy yeah. number. There he is. <laughs> I'm thinking people are going to put words on that. I really hope yeah, so. be a competition. Yeah, I love that. A that, yeah, I love
2: that,
3: that There's a Bombay song like that where it is gobbledygook and it made it onto the record. And when I play it live, I'm like, what is everyone singing here? I'd really love like to know. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone has their own, yeah. you know, it's like, it's a little thing, form of therapy. Everyone's like singing what they think they've heard. You could analyse it for days, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so again, we've just got some beautiful brass from our friend Dan. Shop play?
4: It's
2: really cool. Did Johnny do any on that as well, or was it just Dan? Oh, yes, both of them. Yeah, yeah. so Johnny did some as well. And Johnny was in the studio when we we did that as well. And so what was really interesting is because Jack manipulates the sounds quite a lot, he has to then think about like instruments can't necessarily do exactly what he's done with the sample because he's changed pitch and stuff like that. So it's really interesting seeing Jack's brain work and be like, okay, play it like this and I'm going to be able to pitch it or Mm. play it like that and I'm going to be able to manipulate it for it to work like a crazy scientist like just kind of getting it and being like okay cool that ingredient works there and just watching it kind of play out is, mm. is wicked so yeah he's done an amazing job with like making it fit
0: yeah, yeah and so you've actually got to think about that and get them to play in a certain way
3: well I don't know if I just have an itchy trigger finger and I just want to edit stuff so like right. people like <laughs> I bet someone's like you've probably like sung the most perfect bit and i would be like yeah let me just like Take that thing. Yeah. Like, you could have just left it. Let <laughs> 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 me screw it up. I just love <laughs> it. So, yeah. love to edit.
2: It was wicked. And it was the last song on, on the album. So I think it was kind of like, it's funny how all the songs we've kind of chosen. So whether it was Blowing Steam, that was the first song we ever made for the album. And then the, which is kind of like set president for it. And then yeah. the Locket, which is like a mission statement about the album. And then Vibrate is like, closes it, all, closes off. it all off. It's kind of interesting how it's all different parts of the record yeah um,
0: yeah so. totally so um, I mean I know that you know you have performed some live dates already as a trio yes um, it's, you've got lots of options you know but the further live dates further down the line are going to be a bigger band yeah I think yeah, we're going to so have are fun. they going to have problems you know the brass are going to have problems to pitch <laughs> in a certain way it's like actually Jack we can't do that unless you manipulate this <laughs> as
3: we perform it my perfect band is just machines AI <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to definitely get some keys because yeah. it's very versatile yeah. and I've I've got this image in my head of of Chuck still doing the beats because personally I'm not a fan of live hip hop with a drum kit. Yeah, you know the mm-hmm. the producers put a lot of effort into the drum sounds and yeah. I like to hear them coming out of the PA. Yeah. But I think extending songs and having a bit of keys soloing or a bit of bass soloing and maybe even some brass mm-hmm. it could be a really interesting balance of the two genres there for yeah. so the jazz world and you know scratching and playing the sort of hard hitting beat, yeah, off the decks,
2: exactly. Because I think it was one thing us us coming together as different entities on the record. What's really beautiful, which we didn't realize, is like our fans coming together, yeah. And like we sometimes go, "That's one of your fans. That's one of my fans." And and seeing how they're lo- like loving the record, and you yeah, know, and how they feel about the record. And so I think even the live elements, we wanted to kind of balance it out. That if you're a Mr. Jukes fan or a Bombay fan it works and if you're a a Barney artist fan that works also as well and so yeah I think that's kind of what we want to do for the live shows for it to be like a real family experience that we kind of come together and kind of vibe out.
0: Yeah that's fantastic and in a way that represents your two worlds coming together in your friendship Exactly, and it's only going to grow and become an even more beautiful thing.
2: No it is no we're very fortunate that you know we wasn't expecting this kind of um, feedback I think. I think it's always nervous making something especially when we're so confined in our little space and the response has been really overwhelming, I think, for both of us, because totally. it kind of comes from, you know, purity and, and love and that's being kind of reciprocated back. So we're we're really, really grateful.
0: Fantastic. It's so great that you've allowed us to come in and join <laughs> <yous> <laughs> you in this studio here in Tottenham. Um, we have got a couple of questions we always like to ask everybody. But before I ask those questions, I think we'll hear the master again of vibrate. Mm. Lovely.
1: Never lose your brain from all the fame, drained by the games that they play. So don't delay, scroll the page, solve the aims, bell, hold the wave. Ever seen a shark circulate the shore for bait? Never be done with these pedigree chums. Wanna be chums when their pedigree's done. Dun done done refund the love breathe from the lungs scenes from the slums yeah keep your eyes peeled this a man filled when they wanna the sign deals peep the time i believe the signs still keep the drive i've been seeing lies kill. yeah uh people the cash end of the day they're gonna answer it back if you want to reach for the cheese, keep your eyes on the trap. Even if I wait, will it ever get filled? This is fate, does it ever get real? We it vibrate. It
0: vibrate. It is Vibrate by Mr Dukes and Barney Artist. And before I ask those two key questions that we ask everybody who comes on, I'd like to find out more about your journey, yeah. Barney, and yeah. how you got to where you are now, because the name Barney Artist has been around for quite a while, mm-hmm. and it's all unfortunately or fortunately you're a new artist every few years (laughs) do you know what i mean it's (laughs) like you know every few years people say oh you you've got to check out barney Arts." you know and 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 it keeps coming back like that Mm. and it seems also with the style that you do you fit into different scenes as well. yes 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 so how and where did it all happen
2: so like a lot of rappers like you hear the like Tell me how it started. And they're like, when I was seven years old, I was listening to Nas in the. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my journey is quite different. Um, So I'm from East London and um, I got into rapping really late. I started rapping at the age of 18, so 10 years ago, right? And um, it was by accident. So. I mentioned him earlier, but one of my best friends was a guy that I met in nursery at three years old. His name's Alpha. Alpha Mist, he's a jazz musician. That's incredible. I highly recommend you listening to him. And he was one of those annoying people that was like good at everything, like football, <laughs> like girls loved him and he I'm there like just trying or whatever, right? And so he was playing football and then his mum was like, you should go to to college. You need to go to college. And so he ended up coming, going to college and we went to the same college and a friend of his wanted to learn Wanted to play a song and he was like okay well i can learn it so he just taught himself how to play piano it was john legend ordinary people and then he kind of became obsessed with piano so he started playing piano at the age of 18 as well and he started making these jazzy beats and i started i was like oh this is really fun i'd love to try and try and rap to this and I kind of fell in love with it. I was really bad at the beginning, like John, like really bad. Like you know, people were like oh, I like I was instantly good. Like I was terrible. Have you got recordings? Uh, first of all, let's not <laughs> let's not do that, Jack. You know what I'm saying? Let's not. Uh, We've probably got some time. I in the mean, show. No, I think I think everyone's been quite busy. I think, uh, <laughs> oh. um, but no, I was really really bad. But I loved the idea of storytelling and space. So. My age group, like Grime, was a massive thing when I was growing up. And I tried my hand at it a little bit, but I found it was a bit too quick and a bit too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, rapping-wise, I didn't connect with it as much. But the jazzier kind of hip-hop stuff was cool. And what was great is that I kind of went backwards. So I was listening to like Robert Glasper and stuff like that. So my, my entrance was like black radio. Kind of, that was like my entrance point. And I was like, okay, he's cool. Let me go back. And I started listening to, you know, most deaf and then from there i went back and further and i was listening to the roots and then i went back further i was listening to tribe called quest and then when i heard track quest i was like that's it but yeah in terms of like my journey in terms of career wise yeah it's been it's been a little bit tough i think it's really difficult to especially being independent to kind of make an impact every single time and i'm a little bit older than a lot of the newcomers so i've had friends that have kind of gone and done bigger things and I've kind of always kind of just chilled in the back you know trying a thing and thank you for what you said but yeah like it's kind of always like oh Barney's great like but it's never kind of hit that level but I think meeting Jack and it kind of coming together now it's kind of given me the perfect kind of skill set that I've kind of honed and kind of entered this world and my fan base is cool because I'm very honest with them so I, they know I worked in retail so Sometimes it can be a little bit awkward if a fan walks in and they're like, and I'm trying to sell jeans and so are like, oh, what's the site? I'm like, oh no, what do I do? But yeah, I just kind of always wanted to have a fan base that kind of got me. And the reason why I'm called Barney Artist is because my name's Barney. Tell me like, shop people. Oh my God. Um, you know, and, and I think it was really important to me to have a name an identity that my mum calls me Barney, my close friends call me Barney, so even fans call me Barney. And so it all just feels like a family aspect. And so yeah, I kind of ended up making this album with Jack and it kind of feels like it's kind of happening now. Mm. It's just a beautiful thing to be with your, you know, Chucks, the DJ has been with me for like four years. And so like having Jack there as a brother to be like, cool, let's try this out. Don't worry Barney, headline show, it's fine. It's how it happens at festivals. I'm like, oh my God, it's happening is cool and everyone's support has been amazing as well so people that have kind of seen me on the come up have been like really happy for me so yeah like i'm really really happy it's kind of happening now when i'm a little bit older and a little bit more wiser with it. yeah
0: yeah but also having a lot of experience under your belt yeah um, and also i think it's you know sometimes it's just finding the right time that works for you in terms yeah. of things all coming together aligning at that right moment yeah. and in a way you know jack you were very lucky with bombay that things kind of fell into place at that particular time, no, yeah. and you know you would kind of continued making music, no mm-hmm. question, but it kind of trajected you, if that is, is it to, tra- <laughs> it, it thrust you on a trajectory yeah. that kind of took over in a way yeah. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't necessarily have been the plan for all of you in the band, you know. But we sure. thought, yeah. hang on a minute, this isn't what our mums and dads have said. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: No, there's a there's a huge element of chance in that yeah. moment, which ha- luckily for us happened very young, but it could have very easily gone the other way yeah. for sure.
2: We've had a lot of conversations about that, I think. One of the opening conversations we had was the idea of success and luck and how luck is a massive part. And I think Jack wouldn't mind me saying this, but I think even being friends with me as close as we are, I think he opened his eyes probably as much about the the luck element in success and how it doesn't take away from your talent to say that, oh, I was really lucky.
3: Yeah, not only luck, but privilege as well. I remember telling to Barney, oh, you know, if you've got talent, then you'll be in eventually the world will find it. And you're just like, you
2: are living in such a bubble right now. <laughs> like, there's going to be countless people out there. Yeah, there? and I think that's what's beautiful about our friendship is that we can speak about that and be like candid with it and be like, no, oh, totally. like this is why and explaining to him, have you thought about people that can't afford to have instruments? Like I'm from a very like single mom, quite a poor neighborhood and we grew up poor. And so I've seen the most talented person with the most potential just not be able to make it because of opportunity and being able to kind of like display that to jack and now jack's fully gets it and is like if anything super on it and like we got to figure out how we give back how do we do this how do we engage and i think even with jack stepping into this scene as a white male from an indie world it's just super respectful he loves this thing and he wants to give back as much as he can because he understands the idea of appreciation and giving back and the roots of this thing and so it's been a beautiful friendship because we kind of both learn as we go totally
0: yeah and that's what we hope to do with the next couple of questions so (laughs) one one is smooth um, that was very smooth (laughs) (laughs) one is about technical things or equipment you know things that you're attached to that you always have to use and jack you would have answered when Bombay Bicycle Club were part of Take Notes, but maybe in this world as Mr. Dukes, mm. is it such and such a sample pack that you... <laughs> <laughs> it's various
3: vinyl samples volume too. What's the, what's well, what's the most important? It,
0: yeah, what's the most important thing? The thing that you'd save in the fire or you know, the thing that you maybe think is the key technical aspect of this?
3: I mean, it's, it's really boring, but it's just the computer in this project. It almost feels shameful, and I don't know why, because it... People do like joke about it and say, oh, but you play all these instruments. Why don't you play them? But for me, like it's so creative. And so there's so many endless possibilities of manipulating sound. And once you've played guitar for however millions of hours you have, there's something really um, um, appealing about something where you can do whatever the hell you want. Mm. But also the
2: computer isn't like some fancy... Like latest, this is like Windows 98. Right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's the thing. People might think it's like the coolest, whatever. No, Jack is running off of a <laughs> of a microwave, Very basically, stubborn, yeah, <laughs> and because <laughs> it works. And I think yeah. that's such as one of the most important things I learned from Jack is if it works, why try and overcomplicate it? it yeah, yeah. yeah, like it works for him and yeah. it works for me, and I'm like, well, okay, let's do it. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and so for you, Barney, as a as a rapper, as a writer, mm. I mean, so many people have to save their phone in a, you know, it's the essential other essential tool of yeah. modern day life but yeah. I mean are you a pen and paper guy ever or no? um,
2: I'm mostly phone I think I do pen and paper but also if you look at the, the album cover one of the we put all that like, components that kind of made the album on there and one of the components is there is my awfully battered Peugeot 307 right yeah. and the reason why that's there is because I can write I can write in my head so I also write while I'm driving so, like, vibrate, for example, like the second half of the first verse, I wrote while I'm driving. Driving here, almost. driving yeah, here, yeah, yeah, driving here. So, I'm. It's that's such an important thing. So, I think having space to kind of like let the thoughts run is really important. So, yeah, my Peugeot three hundred seven might be a very important component to my life.
0: Uh, I love that.
2: I love yeah. that. And the
0: other question we like to ask people is about advice and whether they have any advice that they would share with people, you know, that they've either been given or picked up along the way or learned through hard experience.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the main thing is like, I think we spoke about earlier, but yeah, success and um, we're in a generation where social media and like the highlight, it's basically like a highlight reel of everything that's going great with you. But just understanding that success doesn't come from plaudits or hype or numbers. It comes from the everyday, like me and Jack can never make music ever again. And this is going to be one of my best friends forever. Do you get what I'm saying? It's about treasuring Mm. and understanding that value doesn't come from streams. You know, it doesn't come from that. It comes from who you are as an individual and yeah, and just loving people. I think that's where I've, I've seen people that I've grown up with or been in their circle just kind of like, you know, skyrocket and do big things and kind of being like, oh, when is it going to happen for me? But what's been beautiful is that before this record kind of started doing well, the year before obviously, 2020 it was tough for everyone but it taught me so much about valuing the things that I have around me and the friends that I have around me that I've been friends with for years and so to anyone that's kind of like struggling with that aspect of success and like I need to make it you already have just like treasure everything around you and, and things will happen when they need to happen so yeah very interesting what about you Jack
3: I think mine's going to be about space which is my favorite thing to talk about like mm. not only should you try and make some more space in the music you're making because a lot of when people send me stuff and they're just starting out Mm. the biggest criticism i usually have is it's cluttered there's just you have thrown everything in the kitchen sink in there and then also like space as in you don't need to always be writing don't like worry Mm. if you go a few days and you haven't felt very productive and you're starting to panic it's cool it's natural just like it's really healthy to i mean again this is a very privileged position to be in where you can take a week off but if you can, if maybe you've got another job, don't write music for a while, because the first thing you write when you come back is going to be amazing, because mm. you've really missed it. Whereas right. people seem to just, you know, endlessly hammer away at it.
2: Mm. It comes like, like a bit of a flex though, I think. People are like, ah, oh, I've been working for five yeah. weeks, I haven't sleep, last night, oh, yeah. and I'm so... No, it doesn't mean that it's you're necessarily going to have a better output because you've been doing it. And I learned that from Jack once again. Our work days, I was used to kind of like grinding out like, 12 hour sessions and being like yeah I'm a real rapper Uh yes that's me and Jack will be like we'll be for two hours and he'll be like alright pub club, pub o'clock yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be like wow this is what it means to be a songwriter I'm in um, uh, and so yeah no space is like a massive thing which I learn about
0: excellent Thank you so much Thank to both of you, you so Thanks much for having bringing it. us into your world. It's Thank been absolutely you. fascinating. And we're going to play a song to see us all off on our various different ways, a little yeah. outro tune from the album. What should we go for?
2: Uh, gratitude, I think we're going to yeah, the perfect beautiful. way to end it. End of Last the song of the album. Yeah, being grateful. So let's do it.
0: Excellent. This is it. This is Gratitude. It's Mr. Dukes and Barney Artist. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have a moment, do tell your friends and leave us a review, it all really helps. Thanks to those of you who have already donated to the show. I'm just one part of the team that brings you Tape Notes. It relies on your support. If you'd like to donate, please head to our website. To ask a question on a future episode or find out who's coming up, head to our socials and on Instagram, you can see pictures from the recording sessions for each episode of Tape Notes. Thank you for listening. Until
1: next time, goodbye. I've been feeling great even if I ain't. Practicing my face so remember where I came from. Keep a flame flickering straight, grabbing the pain gun. Stay strong, you losing out on the same song. Guys, if you're seeking to help, even a dream isn't well If you're feeding the hell, I mean, do you understand what I'm trying to say? That your mind is a weapon, don't find a stray Find your faith, don't hide away Time tries to play, seconds wanna slide away Well... Gratitude don't cost a thing I was hostage to money and the cost of things lost to bling Everything that shines ain't gold Suppose that we're hiding when you keep your mind closed Eyes low Prayers above, prayers above Put your hands in the sky If you're feeling the love I said, ah uh, And then the said